It's the Monday Wrap with my dad, Pastor Mark. Well, hello everyone, this is Pastor Mark, and you're joining me for the Monday Wrap for Sunday, September 12th, 2021, in a message I entitled, Formed. It's based on Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. Let's read that passage of scripture. Jeremiah 1, verses 4 through 10. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. Folks, you know, I know I just read a scripture, but Isaiah 64, 8 says, But now, O Lord, you are our father, we are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hands. I don't think anyone disputes that we are formed by God. We know that he is the potter. We know that we are the clay. We know that he molds and makes us into the form he wants. We know that he is in control of us and all of his creation. We know that he is providential, all-powerful, and all-sustaining. But what we sometimes question is why we are formed by God. That is, for what reason or reasons has God formed us, you and me? Why are, why are we here on this planet? Why did Christ save us out of sin and set us free? Well, I think Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 10 gives us three reasons and three answers to that question of why. Why are we formed by God? And on Sunday, I talked about these three reasons. And the first one is we are formed to do God's work. Look at verses 4 and 5 of Jeremiah 1, 4 through 10 again. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and... Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. I think this is a beautiful verse because it speaks to how God has a plan for us all along, even before we were born. We are part of God's strategy. We're part of his master plan. He says to Jeremiah, I appointed you a prophet to the nations. You see, God had a plan and a will for Jeremiah. Jeremiah wasn't just a, a chance creation, as I said on Sunday. He wasn't a wanderer in God's kingdom. He wasn't some accident of evolution. And he wasn't just another brick in the wall of life. No, God had a mission and a ministry for Jeremiah. And folks, as the people of God today, the same is true for you and me. We're not wanderers or accidents or chance creations or mere bricks. We have been created for a specific work in God's kingdom. We have been created for mission and ministry. We have been created for action. God has a mighty work for you and for me, and we are formed to do that work. And this work involves disciple making and love and service. But it also involves the specific functions for each of us. You know, Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans chapter 12, he talks about the body of Christ and the spiritual gifts. We are all given spiritual gifts. I talked about this a lot on Sunday. Special giftings that give us a special place in the people of God. Some are called to be givers. Some are called to be evangelists. Some teachers, some prophets. Some are called to be leaders. Some are called to have mercy. But whatever we are called to do, that is what we have been specifically formed to do. That's our work in the kingdom of God. I hope you believe that. 
You are not here by chance, folks. You're not a mere product of evolution or just another brick in the wall. You are here for a reason. And that reason is to do the work that you've been selected to do. I spent a lot of time on talking about spiritual gifts on Sunday. I won't spend that time here, but you have a spiritual, you have a, you have a specific gift from God that he wants to use. You are here, you are formed to use that gift and to do the work of God. Secondly, we are formed to follow God unconditionally wherever he leads us. In verses seven and eight, God says to Jeremiah, do not say, I am only a boy, for you shall go to all whom I send you. You shall speak whatever I command you. Don't be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. God doesn't give Jeremiah an option here, does he? He says, you shall, you must go to whom I send you. You shall, you must speak whatever I command you. Now, don't misread me. I'm not implying that we're merely pawns in some crazy game God is playing with us. That's not what's going on here. But if we truly are the people of God, if we honestly have given ourselves over in obedience and submission to him as servants and slaves, as the diakonos and doulos of Mark chapter 10, doing the will of another, not our own will, but his. Here it is, folks. And I stress this on Sunday. Then we are in this business of faith, not to get what we want out of life, but to get what he wants out of our lives. Let's say that again. I repeated it on Sunday and we'll repeat it here. We are not in this business of faith to get what we want out of life, but we're here to get what he wants out of our lives. Folks, Jeremiah's life was not his own and neither are our lives our own. I told the story of my life of wandering and trying to do it my way. And when I finally decided to let God do it his way, my life changed because I, folks, I finally realized that my life is not my own. I'm not here to serve my own self-interest. I'm not here to achieve the American dream. I'm not here to be comfortable. And I spent some time on those two points, the American dream and and comfort. We're not here to chase the American dream or to be comfortable. We're not here to make a ton of money and have a fat savings account or anything of that sort. I have been formed, you have been formed to follow God and to follow him unconditionally to go wherever he wants us to go, to do whatever he commands us to do, and to do it with no strings attached. And we said on Sunday, that's the hard part, isn't it? That's the hard part, to follow God unconditionally. So we ask why we're formed. Well, first, we're we're formed to do what God calls us to do, right? Secondly, we're formed to, to, to follow God unconditionally. And finally, we're formed to steward what God has given us. Look at verses nine and 10. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, now I've put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Do you see it? Jeremiah, gifted by God, was appointed as a prophetic steward over the nations and the kingdoms. He was given the mission to build and to plant, to pluck up to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow where it was necessary. He was to take the kingdoms. He was to take the nations and steward them, bring them into line with God's will. Likewise, folks, we're given things to steward in our lives, talents and spiritual gifts and resources of all kinds that we're appointed over, 
In fact, as God's penultimate creation, we humans have been given general stewardship over all the earth. Genesis 1.26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image and our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Folks, um, folks, we are stewards of our planet. We are stewards over the animals of the earth. We are stewards over our natural resources, our trees, our lakes, our rivers, our mountains, our sky. I talked about the Hebrew word for image that's used in Genesis chapter 1. It's the Hebrew word salem. And it means something like little statues. I talked about the ancient Near Eastern tradition where kings would put up monuments and statues to themselves. And so when people were in their realm, they would see the statue of the king and they would know who the ruler of that land is. They would know who the steward of that land was. And it's the same with us. We're made in God's image. We're his little statues. When, when, When we're out in the world doing his work, we're representing him. We're telling the world, I'm a child of God. You're in the realm of the creator God of all. When we do our representation right, when we're the people we're called to be, that's a good thing, right? People see us and they identify us as Christians and they say, man, they have something that I want. But when we don't do it well, people see that and they're turned away, aren't they? We've got to be good stewards. We're here to steward the earth for God, to watch over his creation, to take care of it, to nurture it. And like we said before, there are specific things in our lives too, spiritual gifts and talents, abilities that we're given to be stewards over as well. Paul again illuminates those in 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12. If we have one of these gifts, which we all do, all children of God are spiritually gifted, then we must be good stewards over it. We must use it, we must cultivate it, we must hone and refine it, we must be the best giver and the best prophet or the best teacher or the best mercy giver or whatever we can be. Not for ourselves and not for our own glory, but for His glory. Because we've been given something, it's our responsibility to use it in a way God intended and to the best of our spirit-filled abilities. I hope you believe that, folks. I hope you believe that you've been formed by God to do God's work. I hope you believe that you've been formed to follow God unconditionally wherever he sends you. I hope you believe that you've been formed to steward what God has given you, whether it's physical or spiritual or whatever it is, whatever blessings God has given you. I hope that you see yourself as a steward over those things. Folks, God knew us even before we exited the womb like clay in the hands of the potter. We've been molded and made, and if we allow God to do so, can continue to be molded and made into the best believer we can be. But I said on Sunday, it requires something from us, doesn't it? It requires a humble spirit. It requires a a willingness to submit to God's authority. It requires an emptying of ourselves and a filling of the Holy Spirit. It requires that we let go and let God, as the old saying goes. It requires, and this was a term I coined for us on Sunday, it requires the attitude of Gethsemane. Jesus, when he's saying his prayer to God, he's getting ready to go to the cross, he says, God, please take this cup from me. I don't want to go to that cross. I don't want to die that horrible death that I know I'm going to die. I don't want to bleed. I don't want to be scourged. But then he said these these words, these beautiful words. He said, but not my will, Lord, but your will. Not my will, but your will. Folks, that's the attitude of Gethsemane. When we put our will in submission to his will, when we say it's not about me, God, it's about you. And I challenge you as an application to go to God and say, God, get on your knees and say, God, do I have the attitude of Gethsemane? Am I looking towards your will and not mine? Am I saying, God, 
not my will, but your will. And if you are saying that, then, then praise be to God, right? You, you thank God for it and you ask God to strengthen you in that resolve. But if you're not, if you're saying, not your will, God, but my will, then you get back right back on your knees and you tell him to change your heart because attitude is all about the heart, isn't it? And as I said on Sunday, everything starts with the heart. If we want to be the best formed believers that we can be for Christ, if we want to maximize what we do for him, we want to maximize our followership, we want to maximize our stewardship, then we've got to start with the right attitude. Everything starts with attitude. Folks, we got to have that attitude of Gethsemane. But once we have it, once we are humble before God, and once we say, not my will, God, but yours, then we'll naturally do the work of God. We'll naturally follow him unconditionally wherever he leads us. And we will be good stewards of all that he's given us. Folks, I want you to do that. I want you to do follow and steward. I want you to be all that you were formed to be. But I know that that starts with attitude, so I want your attitude to be right. So again, get on your knees this week. Ask God to show you where you're doing it right and where you're not doing it right. And where you're not doing it right, get back on your knees and say, God, change me. Change my heart. Well, folks, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Wrap. I hope that it gives you something to chew on. I hope it reviews well what we went over on Sunday. And I hope you have a wonderful week. And I hope God changes you and touches your heart in a special way. And we will see you next Sunday. God bless. Join us next week for the Monday Wrap with my dad.